The Mayor of Reading, Rachel Eden, was elected as Mayor in November 2021 and will remain in post until May 2023. She has also been a councillor for Whitley since 2010. She joins me, Robert Hogg, for our B Radio series speaking with local politicians in Reading. Thank you for being on the podcast today. What did you do before becoming a councillor? So I've uh, been kind of involved in politics as a volunteer probably since my early 20s. and I did that, but I also obviously had a job and I am an accountant and I still actually am an accountant uh, as, you know, sort of part time because of the work of mayor takes up quite a lot of my time. And so that must be quite a juggle then getting everything done. How do you sort of manage your day? What does sort of your average day involve whilst doing the accountant side as well? Yeah, it is quite a juggle, to be honest. Um, So I don't really have an average day anymore. But just to give you an example, today um, I started the day visiting a local school and opening um, a new sensory room for them and meeting some of the children. And then I went back to my office and um, was meeting with a client to discuss preparing her accounts. And then uh, obviously I've come to see you. And after that, I'll be going to pick my children up from school. So, I mean, my top tip is just have a really, really detailed calendar, which I I actually colour code my calendar (laughs) so I know what I'm doing. How did you succeed in becoming elected a local politician? Well, I was really lucky, actually, to be selected uh, by Whitley Labour Party to be their candidate way back um, for the 2010 uh, local elections. I was selected in 2009, which, um, given that some of the listeners will be, you know, of some students who are listening might be still have been at primary school seems a very long time ago but um because I, I, I was interested in local politics i was a school governor um and i'd been around campaigning i guess that meant that people thought oh she'll potentially be a good candidate and uh, there was an interview process as you might imagine but ultimately it came down to the local members of my party the Labour Party deciding that they felt I was the right person for that year and then um, I went forward to the election and the um, although it wasn't a great year 2010 for the Labour Party nationally uh, we actually did okay in the local elections and I was elected. So obviously for many of us the concept of standing in election seems like an incredibly nerve-wracking thing. What sort of challenges do you ha- did you have to overcome to stand in an election? It is quite nerve-wracking. And I think one of the things that you have to overcome is your own personal self-doubt. So there are challenges of practicalities and getting selected and all of those kind of things. But actually, I think the biggest challenge for many people is to feel that politics is for them. And I always encourage people to think about the fact that if everybody in politics was the same, you would not get such good decisions. You wouldn't get that diversity of representation. So having the confidence and getting over, you know, people talk about imposter syndrome, but whatever you want to call it, getting over the idea that you're not good enough or you're not ready, I would say let the electorate be the judge of that. If you're not ready or you're not the right person, then people won't vote for you. So why not have a go and push yourself forward? And we need all different kinds of people in politics. We shouldn't all be the same. So if you look at uh, the council and you don't see someone who's like you, then that's actually more reason to stand, not less. Now, you're a ceremonial mayor, which is very different from being an elected mayor such as Sadiq Khan in London. Can you tell us sort of the constitutional differences between those two types of mayor? Yes, it's it's quite interesting, actually, that people sometimes think I do have the power to, I don't know, um, 
make decisions on the buses or the planning applications or how many houses we're going to build. Um, in Reading, we take a view that it's useful to have um, a ceremonial mayor separate from the other work of the council. And uh, it means that when we're looking at the kind of political side of things, the decision-making of the council, it's supposed to be a bit more collegiate. So we do have a leader who has maybe the equivalent of what an elected mayor like Sadiq Khan or Andy Burnham would be. But he is a man at the moment. He works uh, with a group of other councillors who each have their own area of focus, their own policy area that they um, have a role in. And then all the other councillors also take part in voting on the main decisions, so for example, uh, budget meetings. My role as the ceremonial mayor obviously involves some of that ceremonial side, the kind of civic pride. Um, if a member of the royal family comes to Reading, I'm there to greet them. Um, I cut ribbons, all of those kind of things. But then in terms of the council's constitution, I have a role a little bit like the Speaker of the House of Commons. I chair the council meetings, um, try and make sure that the debate is sort of robust, but polite, uh, make sure that every councillor who wants to speak gets their say. Um, and obviously, I make sure that we take votes at the right times and that kind of thing. So you could almost see it as being like the Speaker of the House of Commons when the council is sitting. Over the last couple of weeks, when it's come up in conversation with my friends and acquaintances, both male and female, that's I'm talking with the mayor of Reading for B Radio, um, everyone has assumed that you would be a man. Have you had any first or second hand experience of this assumption? Yes, absolutely. Um, so in recent years, the last decade or so, we've actually um, had, I think it's actually been five women and five men as mayor. So we have been much more equal. But politics is still predominantly uh, you know, controlled by men. Um, so it's a reasonable assumption that people might make. But also we have this image of the mayor of Reading as being you know, a man of a certain age with a certain kind of background. Um, and you know, that's just because we have this stereotype. And I also one of the things that's quite interesting is people often try and call me the mayoress um, and I'm fairly relaxed about what people call me you know I'm not someone who stands on ceremony but I do actually find that a little annoying because the mayoress is a specific role which is the um, person who accompanies the mayor um, if they're a woman um, as it happens my uh, my accompaniment accompaniment my escort is a man so he's actually referred to as the mayor's escort uh, not the mayoress which is kind of disappointing I was kind of hoping he would be the mayoress um, but uh, the mayoress it's sort of it's not the, the person it's the accompaniment so I find that's the one thing I sometimes find annoying because I don't mind if people call me Rachel or the right worshipful mayor of Reading or even councillor Eden you know but I, I like to think that I'm my own person and it's in my own right. UK mayors and councillors are still uh, statistically majority men and mm. unrepresentative in terms of race and other things. Yes. Why do you think this is still the situation? Well, I think it comes down to a kind of a range of things. And actually, funnily enough, um, this year, my deputy mayor is um, a black woman. And I don't think we have had a woman mayor with a deputy who's a woman as well ever before. Um, so... It is quite unusual to have um, have women in leadership roles still, and I think it reflects the wider society. Um, and I think the other thing is, is to be mayor, you have to be a councillor, and because councillors are predominantly white, older, male, of course that means the pool from whom you're choosing 
reflects that. So we really need to tackle that. We need to encourage younger people. We need to encourage people of colour. We need to encourage women and, and just diversity generally because we make better decisions, you know, quite apart from it's fair, we make better decisions when we are diverse as a council. And this links into one of your themes as being mayor, which is equality and diversity. Uh, what sort of things have you been doing so far as part of that? Yeah, this means so much to me because um, one of the things I want to see for everybody in Reading is the opportunity to live life in the fullest way they can. And the, that can only be the case if we recognise everybody's contribution, no matter your gender, your sexuality, um, your race, whatever background you're from. Um, so I'm working quite closely with the Alliance for Cohesion and Racial Equality. They're actually being chosen as one of my um, official mayoral charities um, to attend events. So tomorrow uh, they're holding an online meeting uh for International Women's Day, a couple of days late. Um, I've been also working with our different faith groups, so I've been inviting um, them to the parlour or attending their events. Um, we had a really lovely uh, candle lighting to mark Hanukkah. Um, I'm hoping uh, in the next month to be um, attending an interfaith iftar meal uh, for Ramadan with um, our Muslim community. And so it's about looking at all the different aspects of people's identity and celebrating that because one of the things that makes Reading such a wonderful and special place is its diversity. So, of course, there are always challenges uh, and we need to tackle discrimination, but we also need to see the positive and recognise that one of our greatest strengths as a community is in our diversity. I want to ask you a few questions towards the end about young people, um, yes. but the other three themes that you've been looking at are sustainability, end of life and COVID. Can mm. you tell us a bit about what you're doing for each of these? Yes, of course. So um, I feel that all my themes are kind of linked, although they do seem to cover quite a wide area. Um, in end of life, um, one of my charities is the Duchess of Kent Hospice, who care for people um, both on site at their hospice but also people who are still living at home or in the community um, so I've been working with them and I'm hoping to fundraise quite a lot of money for them and my other charities and we're particularly looking at um, the first week of May which is Dying Matters Week to try and encourage people to have those difficult conversations because it's not a topic anyone likes to discuss uh, but as mayor, I get the opportunity to highlight things that mean something and I feel that if I can highlight this issue and encourage people to think about whether it's making a will or having a conversation with loved ones about what care they need, all of those kind of things, but also the spiritual and emotional side of it all, that's a really important thing for me to do um, and it's something which I feel very passionate about. Um, when it comes to COVID, my view was that hopefully we will be coming towards the end of the pandemic at some point but the reality is that it's still with us and so I wanted to acknowledge that in my priorities that this has been a very difficult two years for everyone and so I'm very flexible about how I'm treating that but it means you know obviously supporting our NHS workers supporting our key workers but supporting a lot of the recovery around the pandemic. So, for example, talking to local schools, I know that some of the, our youngest children have 
almost had no interaction with people outside their f- own family for large periods of their early years and that's really impacted their development for students you know it's something that has really impacted their experience whether they've moved away from home or something like that and for everyone across the community there's been impact so it's working with them working with local businesses as they open up um to kind of support um whatever happens you know being flexible about that and sustainability, I mean, is there anyone in the world who doesn't think this is a priority right now? I mean, maybe, you know, but reality is that, you know, I can't achieve any of those other goals. We can't do those other things if we don't have a habitable planet for the next generation and for for time to come. So as mayor, your job is very much symbolic, as you've already pointed out. So I'm not there to make hard policy decisions, but I am there to point the way and to highlight the good. So for example, um, our local hospital, Royal Berkshire, um, recently launched their own net zero plan. So I was really pleased to go and help them launch it to highlight and accentuate that and help the fact that they're setting an example and our local council in Reading is very very focused on net zero so of course that's the difficult work is being done by the staff and the other councillors making decisions but as mayor I can highlight that and promote it. How do you implement your priorities or your vision as a local politician when I presume that your emails are being bombarded with I presume various other issues like people complaining that their bins haven't been emptied? (laughs) Yes. Well, of course, these things are really important. And if you don't get the basics right, then people won't trust you with the other things. So bins are actually a really good example of something which, you you know, in some ways you might think, well, this is not very glamorous, but it actually really matters to people. And it matters to me if my bin's not collected as well. But also, if you think about it, the most mundane thing has a link back to very, very important issues. So, for example... Um, the introduction of food waste collection yes that may seem mundane and it's a bit smelly and whatever but actually that has a huge impact on our ability to get to net zero if we um, we recycle food waste and separate that out um, it massively reduces the amount of methane that is emitted um, and it saves the council money which is a great thing too and I think that people actually like that they prefer it because their food waste collection is every week instead of every two weeks. So you've got to always see the big picture, but also never forget, and I think this is really important for any politician, never forget the people who put you where you are are the everyday people. You're not you're not answerable, or you are answerable, of course, to the national government and to the Queen and all of that, but the people you are most answerable to are your electorate. So if something matters to someone in Whitley... It matters to me. Doesn't mean I'll get them what they want, but it means I should try or I should look at it and make sure they get a fair deal at things. You mentioned earlier about how your themes link with your chosen charities. There are also a whole load of other charities in Reading. What sort of things do you do to support those charities? So I I see it as um, the charities in Reading, we have a lot of charities in Reading, um, are a huge part of our kind of, organize, you know, how our our town organises itself and a huge part of what uh, our town is all about and most of my fundraising is going to be focused on the three charities that I've chosen but the first particular things I might highlight that so for example 
Um, obviously, right now, we're very aware of the situation in Ukraine. And I've been talking to the Reading Ukrainian Community Centre about what we can do to support them and whether in time we might want to do a local fundraiser, although everyone's obviously um, donating to national organisations at the present, when we may well get a lot of Ukrainian refugees coming to Reading in the future, we might need to look at that. So if there's a particular issue, I would support that. And then additionally, just as anyone else, lots of charities do invite me to visit them or to highlight particular things. And if it's part of what makes Reading a better place, my job is to help with that. So I will go and I will cut a ribbon or I will meet with service users. I'll do whatever can make people's you know, I see the mayor as their job is to do something that will help other people make their day brighter. You know, so if I can do that, I will. You mentioned Ukraine and that Reading may see an influx of refugees. Um, in what other ways will the Russian invasion of Ukraine impact Reading and what's your role in that? So, I mean, it's hard to say, obviously, how it's going to impact us as a town yet, but I do think that we will see more Ukrainians coming to Reading. We have a very well-established Ukrainian community here in Reading because of, um, after the Second World War, we had a displaced persons camp near near to Reading. So I think that when people come to, to the UK, a lot of times people will come to be near family or to be where there are people already here who they might know or who they might have an affinity with. So I think we will see... Um, see that here in Reading but I think also it could have an impact on people who are Russian or Russian origin I think we need to be really wary of the fact that actually a lot of Russians are not supporters of Putin doesn't just because you're from a particular country doesn't make you someone who agrees with the politicians running that country and often sometimes you're here because you um, have got disagreements with your country's rulers so we need to be wary of that issue as well and then I think that we'll see the same issues that many other countries and many other towns are going to see, things like fuel prices going up even further. So this could particularly impact communities where people have less income. You know, we have already see if you, um, if you have a car, you see the petrol prices going up, but I think we'll also see that impacting heating bills. And I think that as mayor, obviously I don't have direct influence on that, but politicians have the power to look at what do we do about benefits, what do we do about uh, insulating our homes, what do we do to make sure that people are protected um, from the worst of the impacts. Reading's applied for city status. What impact do you think that would have if we do get city status? Now, People always ask this, what's the point? Um, And there is part of me which says, well, of course, ultimately, it's just symbolic. Um, It doesn't make a particular difference in terms of we don't get extra funding or extra powers directly. But I do think it is an important symbol. Reading is a really special place. Um, I always say we're the best town in the country. If we don't become a city, we'll still be the best town in the country. But I think that it's about time people recognised just how brilliant Reading is. And city status is a way of recognising that. Ultimately, if we don't get it this time yet again, um, and we're pipped at the post by someone else, we'll still know we're a really special place. But it will be a disappointment because I think it's important uh, to make sure that people know how great we are. 
B Radio is primarily targeted at younger listeners who are very much less likely to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all used to receiving lef- leaflets around the time of local elections full of candidates litter picking or posing next to potholes. Yes. Um, why should young people feel that local politics matters to them? In, if you don't vote, then what you're saying is is that any of the people on that list of candidates are the same to me. And obviously as mayor... I have to be a bit careful about what I say about different politicians because my job is not, when I'm wearing the chain, to promote a particular political party, although I am a Labour Party member, I'm a Labour Party candidate in the local elections and I'm very proud of that. But what I would say is that if you look at politicians, what they say they'll do, but also their actions not all politicians are the same. Politicians have different principles, different beliefs. Some are have better principles in the sense of they are more true to their principles and honest than others, I think it's fair to say. But also, even if you are looking at politicians who are sort of upstanding, if you like, and the genuine people, they will have different views about how society should be. They've got different views about, you know, how do we fund... Uh, university places, what do we do about apprenticeships, how do we tackle climate change? If you think those things don't matter, then sure, don't vote. But if you think that the the future of the planet matters, if you think uh, your own finances matter, if you think the job opportunities that you might get in the future matter, then you should vote because politicians don't all agree with each other. And ultimately, uh, the people who get in will affect all of our futures. I mentioned earlier that one of your other themes is young people. What have you been doing to get young people involved in politics? So one of the things that I love doing is meeting with young people. And by young people, I mean literally from students who are kind of adults and of voting age, right the way down to, you know, preschoolers. Um, And for me, part of it is showing them that politics matters, but also that they have got the power. Because it's one thing to say, well, it matters. You know, the future of the planet obviously matters. But can you affect change? Is it worth trying? If the future of the planet matters, but you can't affect change, you know, you might as well save your energy. But if you can make things happen, and I always try and show that even the fact that I'm the mayor, I'm, yeah, sure, I've been a councillor a long time, but I'm not from a political family. I'm not you know, a duchess or a member of the royal family or anything like that. I'm a, I would like to say an ordinary person. My kids might disagree. They might think I'm a bit strange, but I am, you know, a person just like anybody else. And I have had the opportunity to become mayor. And there is no reason why one of the young people I met this morning, for example, a local school could not become mayor themselves, could not take a role where they become an MP or leader of the council, um, it's absolutely within their grasp. And I think showing people that that's realistic and it's not just a pipe dream is actually really important. What's the future for you, having stood in Reading West in 2019? Do you still want to become an MP? Uh, so, good question. Um, I have to be careful again as mayor, not to insult anyone, but I absolutely loved running for Parliament. Um, Being an MP is not something which I grew up thinking, yep, I'm definitely going to do that. I always wanted to change the world and I've always been someone who likes to do things rather than hold an office specifically. But I believe that an MP can absolutely change 
the future for their own town, but also can impact um, national legislation, national government. So short answer is yes, I would love to have the privilege of being an MP. Who knows what the future holds? Uh, you know, there's uh, the decision of whether I would be the candidate in uh, Reading West in the future actually lies with the members of the Labour Party. Um, and obviously the ultimate decision of who's the MP lies with the voters. I wanted to end by asking what's the best piece of advice you would give to an aspiring young local politician? Um, don't hold back, uh, but also remember your life is long. So when I say don't hold back, I mean don't be shy. Don't let the fact that you are young or that you're from a minority background or that you have a disability or your sexuality or your gender don't let anything hold you back because you can do it. Absolutely, you can do it. Um, but also, when I say remember your life is long, don't feel that if you don't succeed the first time, that's it. It's not a one-off thing. And I think the when you're a young person and you've maybe gone through GCSEs, A-levels, degree, quite often it's quite binary. You know, you've got... Yes, you can do resets, but generally speaking, you've kind of got one shot at things. Um I am a great believer in being a successful failure. Um, I constantly fail at things. You know, you mentioned 2019. Um, I ran in the general election and, you know, it's no secret that I did not win. The most public failure you can have is to stand up on a stage after they've read out the votes that you got and the votes that the other people got and have to give a speech in front of 100 people basically saying, thanks, guys, you know, and congratulations to the other person. Um, but... That's actually, I would say, something which I learned so much from. I'm not saying I enjoyed the experience of concession, but I did enjoy the overall experience. So give it a go. And if you don't succeed the first time, do it again, because you're going to live a long time, hopefully, um, and you've got the opportunity to keep going at things. Rachel Eden, Mayor of Reading, that was really interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you.